0: to start out um, this morning, I thought we could play a, a little bit of a game. Uh, does that sound good to you guys? You want to play a game? Well, some of you do. The rest, you can just... Um, so it's an it's a, it's a association game, all right? So I'm going to say the name of a person, and I want you to yell out the first other person that you think of when I say this name, okay? You Ready? Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. All right. Michael Jordan. Scotty Pippen. All right. Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen. Batman. Robin. Now you're getting a hang, a hang of it, alright? Sonny. share Alright. Bert. Thelma. All right. Now, i got one more for you, and, and don't yell it out this time. Just, just think about it in your head, okay? Um, the angel Gabriel. The angel Gabriel. I heard someone whisper Jesus, and I'll accept that answer. Uh, I'm just guessing that one of the first people that jumped in your mind when you heard the name the angel Gabriel was either Jesus or Mary. Mary or Jesus. I also maybe would have accepted the shepherds. uh, The shepherds I'll I'll take. Uh, We we have uh, some of the characters of the nativity scene up here today. Um, But Mary and Jesus, the shepherds, Angel Gabriel, these are the A-list characters when, when we're talking about the Christmas story. These are the characters that we all know and love. But did you know that there's actually another person who Gabriel appeared to? Actually, well before Gabriel appeared to Mary, and uh, about a year and a half before Gabriel appeared to the shepherds and and announced the news of Jesus' birth, there was someone else that the angel Gabriel appeared to first. And he was uh, someone by the name of Zechariah. And he was a, a temple priest. And when it comes to the Christmas story, he, he's, he's not in our nativity scenes. We, we often kind of skip high, uh Zechariah. He, he's a B-list character. He's a B-list character. But I I believe that uh, we can learn something this Advent season, this Christmas season, from uh, Zechariah. And so uh, we're going to explore a little bit uh, who Zechariah is and what he has to do and teach us about uh, the Advent story. So uh, let's kind of dive in. I'm going to be in uh, Luke chapter 1 and primarily verses 5 through 23. And and I'm not going to read the whole story for you, but I'm going to tell you the story. So if you kind of want to follow along in your own Bible, uh, you're welcome to do that. So uh, last week we read the first four verses of uh, Luke's gospel, Luke chapter 1, verses 1 through 4, and we looked at Luke himself. Well, this week we're picking up at verse 5 and looking at this person by the name of Zechariah who uh, Gabriel appears to. And so the first thing that we need to figure out is who exactly is this Zechariah? Who is he? Well, we learn from, from Luke in these, uh, in these verses that he uh, was married to a woman by the name of Elizabeth. And both Zechariah and Elizabeth are described as uh, being really good people. They, they uh, descended from really good people. They were descendants of Aaron, who was the brother of Moses. And so by Jewish standards, they were like kind of the cream of the crop. They, they descended from Moses' family himself. All right? So they had this good lineage. But it wasn't just their lineage that made them good. They also had this really great reputation. Uh, Luke tells us in uh, the first chapter that they were righteous in the sight of the Lord. And they observed all of the Lord's commandments and decrees blamelessly. So they were, they were great people. They, they were good people. Now we can infer a few other things about Zechariah uh, from reading these first few verses in and, and Luke chapter 1. He, he was a priest, and he wasn't just any old priest. He was someone who was really diligent in his priestly duties. And uh, he... He was, in fact, so important as a priest that our story tells us that he was chosen at this particular, on this particular year and at this particular time to be the one who would go into the Holy of Holies and burn incense in the presence of God. And uh, this was something that was chosen by Lot. He, he was kind of lucky. It was reserved for, uh, I, I've read uh, that it was reserved for the most re- well-respected priests. And they had this opportunity to go in to the Holy of Holies and burn incense in the presence of God. And so I read this and I have to think that Zechariah was like a role model. For, for other priests and, and other people of faith who looked at him and saw this, this man of faith, this, this spiritual behemoth. Now, that's on the outside, right? Zechariah looks like the epitome of faith on the outside. But as we read forward in the story, in verse 7, we find out that there's something off in this picture. There's something off in this picture. We're told that Zechariah and Elizabeth had no children because Elizabeth was barren and both were getting on in years. Now, in those days, children were seen as a blessing from God. And so if someone uh, or a couple didn't have children, rumors started to swirl that maybe there was some secret sin or, or something, uh, 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 some unfaithfulness that was maybe prohibiting uh, the blessing of children. And so I, I kind of wonder as I read this and read between the lines, if that was Happening to Zachariah and Elizabeth in this story. I imagine that they had spent years and years and years praying for a child. They they had they had spent years and years doing all the right things. Uh, following all the rules, blamelessly and obediently. They, they had spent all these years giving and giving of themselves, praying and praying, only to be left with nothing, no child to call their own. Now, I wonder if Zechariah thought, and maybe this is me kind of uh, transposing myself on Zechariah, but if if I had spent all these years praying and praying and praying and doing all the right things, I wonder if Zechariah had the thought that he deserved a child because he had spent all this time because it's the one thing that he wanted most in the world and he had dedicated his life to God and he had spent years asking and pleading and begging and praying God for a child and he had spent all this time blameless living, obedient uh, of faithfulness, but yet still he was childless. Now it appears to me as I read this story, and again, this is kind of reading between the lines a little bit, but it appears to me And I wonder if Zechariah got to the point where after years and years of praying, cynicism started to enter into his life. Um, I I, I wonder, I could be wrong here, but I wonder if Zechariah by the time of this story was just kind of going through the motions going through the motions of of his life and faith. I I wonder if he was at this point just acting out of duty and and routine, but maybe his heart and his passion weren't in it anymore. Um, The reason I say all of that is because what happens when Zechariah goes into the temple, goes into the Holy of Holies to burn the incense... He was going into a place that the people of Israel believed that the very presence of God dwelt. The temple, and specifically the Holy of Holies, was the place that was reserved for God. And only one priest per year got to go in there because it was the, the most reserved and sacred place in, in their tradition. And so, Zechariah goes in there, and he's burning incense... And an angel of the Lord appears to him. And he was shocked and he was gripped with fear. I think any of us would be shocked and gripped with fear. Um, But then listen to what happens next. The angel Gabriel says to him, Don't be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear a son. Now, if I heard that after years and years of praying and praying and praying, I would be so ecstatic. I would be filled with so much joy and thanksgiving and praise that I wouldn't be able to contain myself. But yet, Zechariah's response is hardly that. The only thing that Zechariah could muster after hearing this great and awesome news from an angel of the Lord himself was, well, how's this going to happen? How's that going to happen? I'm old and my wife is too. It's, it's like he laughs it off. It's like he, he disregards it completely. He, he doesn't believe it. And he, and he says, in effect, yeah, right. Now, I've been praying and praying and praying and praying for this for years. And, and you haven't answered yet. So why should I expect that you're going to answer it now? I've just resigned myself to the fact that that's never going to happen. That's never going to happen. Listen to Gabriel's response. Gabriel says, Zechariah, you question that this is going to happen? You don't believe it? Do you realize who I am? Do you realize who I am? I am Gabriel. And I have come directly from standing in the very presence of God. And I am a messenger that brings you a message straight from God's lips that this is going to happen. And you don't believe it? And what happens next kind of thing I think reveals the truth about the cynicism and the disbelief that that we're inside of Zechariah at this point because Zechariah says absolutely nothing. He says absolutely nothing. Here's a messenger of the Lord who has come directly from the presence of God to bring a message of answered prayer and Zechariah, who's supposed to be the epitome of faith, this devout and righteous, blameless man of God, says nothing. Nothing. Now compare this to a story that we know a little bit better, uh, a story of Mary. And you remember when uh, the angel Gabriel appears to Mary, and she's just a a peasant girl, you know, a teenager. Uh, We we don't know that she was a, a woman of faith at all. But yet, when the angel Gabriel comes to deliver to her similar news, she responds immediately with, I am the Lord's servant. Let it be to me according to your word. Whereas Zechariah, the high priest the one who is righteous and devout, the epitome of faith, he says nothing. And so Gabriel says to Zechariah, oh, you don't have anything to say, do you? Well, uh, that's the way it's going to stay because uh, you don't believe my words. You are going to be silent and you won't speak again until the day your child is born. Now, here's the thing I I want you to hear, uh, friends. What I'm not trying to say is that Mary had faith and Zechariah didn't have faith and you should be more like Mary and less like Zechariah because that would just be a cliche. Um, I think both Mary and Zechariah had faith. The thing is, though, I think that Zechariah's faith had become clouded out by years and years of disappointment, years and years of questions and doubts, and he'd been doing all the right things, he thought, and not receiving the blessing that he thought he deserved. And I look at that, and I think and wonder, you know, can't that same thing happen to us? I, I, I think... And I've experienced it for myself where it can be easy to sort of slowly slide into this sense that you're just going through the motions because maybe you've been praying for something to happen and it hasn't happened. Or maybe you've been looking and hoping for a blessing from God and it just hasn't come. And so you just slowly start to slide into going through the motions. And you might look like the epitome of faith on the outside, but inside you've got all these questions and doubts and this cynicism and disbelief. I think some of us do all the right things and we say all the right words And we think that makes us deserving of something from God. And then when we don't get what we think we deserve, we can start to become jaded. And we might still have faith. We have faith. But it slowly evolved to the point that maybe Zechariah was at, where you're just going through the motions. And and maybe it can get so bad that... um, You come to a place like this, the sanctuary of the Lord, the place where the presence of God is supposed to dwell, right? Maybe on the second Sunday of Advent. And you come to a place like this, and because you've been disappointed, you don't even think or expect that God is going to even show up in a place like this. You know, um, I don't think Zechariah didn't have faith. I just think he'd become disillusioned. So much so that when he went into the Holy of Holies, the place where God's presence dwelt, he didn't even expect that God was going to show up. And sometimes I wonder if we come to the places where God is supposed to show up and we don't even expect that it's going to happen. And so this is what I want you to hear. Uh, This is what I want you to hear. Christmas is the celebration that God always shows up. Christmas is the celebration that God always shows up. That's what we're looking forward to. It's what we're counting down to. It's what we'll celebrate on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day that God always shows up we we know that to be true from the birth of jesus here's the thing though before we get to christmas we have to go through a season of advent and advent is a season of waiting it's a it's a it's a season of not yet It's a a season of unanswered prayers. And we all go through periods of Advent in our life before we get to Christmas. A period of waiting, a period of not yet, a period of unanswered prayers. But Christmas is the celebration that God always shows up. Advent's about waiting. It's about learning patience. It's about... uh, expecting and longing. It's about hoping for the arrival of something that's even better than what we have now. What this story of Zechariah reminds us is that during the season of Advent, during the season of waiting, to not lose faith and to not give up hope Because Christmas is coming, and we find in the birth of Jesus that God will always show up. Sometimes it just takes a little longer than we'd like, and so we need to be patient. Something better is coming, so don't lose faith. Let's pray. Gracious God, help us to to cling to you during this season of waiting. Some of us right now have have been praying and praying, hoping and hoping, and we've heard nothing. God, remind us right now that you are faithful, that you hear us, and that you promise to show up. Help us not to lose faith. Help us not to lose hope. Teach us patience. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Friends, we come to